Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, January 22nd, 2021. Just this last week as I was preparing for a sermon, I was reminded of a great verse in the hymn, "'Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus." And the verse says, yes, tis sweet to trust in Jesus, just from sin and self to cease, just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace. And then the chorus says, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him or and or Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. And I hope we all see the sweetness that does come from trusting in Jesus. And I hope we all yearn for that grace to trust him more. But how are we going to get there? How can we grow our trust in Jesus? And one of the ways is really through the examples that we are going to see in God's word. And so I want us to look at some specific things that happen in our reading today and hope that these examples give us grace to trust him more. And we want to start with the example of Joseph in Genesis 44 and 45. So we see the continuing drama between Joseph and his brothers. And we see really there's some testing going on. We want to see if Joseph's brothers have changed. At least that's what he wants to see. And so he tests them again. And even he engineers this situation where Benjamin, his younger brother, is found uh, with his cup, his special cup. You know, this would have been a serious crime. And remember, Benjamin is the, the son now that that Jacob, their father, did not want to send to Egypt for fear that something would happen to him. And now he is in trouble. But now we see something different. We see uh, Judah step in. We see Judah step in to defend Benjamin and to plead really for Benjamin's life and to offer himself even as a substitute so that Benjamin can return home and so that Jacob will not be grieved and die. And we see this really touches Joseph's heart. We see he can tell that his brothers, they they do have an element of remorse for what they have done to him. And they do care about their father. And even in Judah's offer, really to sacrifice himself, it, it moves him. And so at the beginning of chapter 45, it says, Then Joseph could not control himself before all who stood by him. He cried, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him for they were dismayed at his presence. And that's a little bit understandable. The brother that you thought you had sold into slavery is now basically the ruler of the land of Egypt and you are under his control. I can understand how those brothers would be dismayed. But what I want us to notice is even the language that Joseph uses to describe his situation. And so Joseph responds to the dismay of his brothers by saying to them in verse four, come near to me, please. And they came near and he said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. 
For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. What an amazing statement that multiple times there, he says, God sent me. And even in the end, he makes it extra clear. It wasn't you who sent me. It was God. So Joseph, at this point, he looks back even at the mistreatment that he has experienced and he realizes this was God's plan. God sent me. God brought these trials in my life and God did it for a good purpose. That's one lesson I want us to see. I want us to have that perspective of Joseph, that when hard things arise in our lives, instead of getting mad at the people that we feel are 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 behind that, or instead of just getting mad at the circumstances themselves, uh, we are saying God is behind this and God is allowing this. And even God is sending this situation into my life. And I know that he is doing it for a good purpose. And you think of what Joseph experienced being sold into slavery by his own brothers and then being thrown into prison for a crime that he did not commit and then being forgotten in prison. I mean, how incredible are all of those opportunities to get bitter that that he could have been angry. He could have just been stewing in that for years and years and years, but instead he saw God's hand behind it all. Now, no doubt there are some of you listening today that are have gone through some pretty incredible trials recently, and maybe you feel that they were the fault of some other person, or, or maybe these are just trials that came up with, with something health or financial related or something breaking or whatever it may be, and maybe some of you even feel your trials are you know very serious up on the level of Joseph. Well, can you have the same perspective as him, that God is in charge and God is the one that's bringing circumstances into our lives? And I think for many of us, it's even helpful for us to realize the trials and the difficulties we are experiencing don't even come close to what Joseph experienced. And for many of us, may we say, man, if Joseph could say that about these intense trials that he was experiencing, can I not say that about the smaller trials that are going on in my life, can I not attribute them to the hand of God and trust that he is behind it and that he has a good purpose for it? We, we want our faith to be strengthened. And we're going to see a couple more examples of that as we turn now to Matthew, Matthew chapter eight, verses one through 13. And we see two stories here, Jesus healing a leper and Jesus healing um, the servant of a centurion. And let's start with that second one where the the centurion comes and asks Jesus to come to his house to heal his servant. And the centurion makes a pretty amazing statement because Jesus offers to come and heal the servant. But the centurion says, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly, truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. 
And Jesus praises this man for his faith. And it's amazing how this man uses kind of this illustration of, hey, I'm a centurion. I know what it's like to have power. I tell somebody to do something, they do it. Jesus, I know you don't need to come. You say the word and my servant will be healed. What an incredible amount of faith. And again, that should strengthen our own faith because it's the same Jesus that we are trusting in, that we should look to God when we have a need and say, God, I know that you have absolute control and you can do this just with a word, whether it's some financial need that you have or, or a spiritual need that is on your heart or, or just another practical need that might arise. Do you approach it with this kind of faith? Do you approach it with God? I know this, whatever this is, is easy for you. Just say the word. I want you to think about whatever trials you might be facing today and, and realize the authority that Jesus has over it. And also let's realize the character of Jesus. And that's where we we see in that first story, Jesus heals this leper and this leper is asking to be cleansed. And we don't have time now to get into what a horrible affliction leprosy was just even on the physical side of things in these days, but also on the social side of things, how this made you an outcast, unfit to be a part of society and how you can understand just a begging to be made clean, not just for the physical relief, but then to be back with the ones that you love, to not be isolated. And Jesus is stretched out his hand and touched the man. I mean, a leper would have not known touch. A leper would have been isolated and, and, and set apart from everyone. But Jesus reaches out and touches this man and heals him and makes him clean. So not only when we come to Jesus, are we coming to someone with a great deal of power who just needs to say the word? We are also coming to someone that is full of compassion and has a tender heart uh, towards we, we see the lost towards the leper, and we know especially towards his children uh, or towards his people, I should say. Uh, Jesus loves his people and he has compassion for us. And so I hope that these examples strengthen our faith, that we understand God is behind everything. He has the power and he also has the compassion. Uh, now let's kind of see a negative example of this as we go to Acts chapter 7 verses 30 to 43 and we're continuing kind of in Stephen's crash course in Old Testament history but one of the points he's going to try to really build and make across in the end is how stubborn and hard-hearted the people of Israel are and he makes that case today in these verses by showing them that after God does all these amazing things and brings them out of Egypt, how quickly they are to forsake God, how quickly they are to turn away to other gods. In verse 39, it says, our fathers refused to obey him, but thrust him aside. And in their hearts, they turned to Egypt saying to Aaron, make for us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses who led us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And then they make the golden calf. And so we need to evaluate our own hearts that even as we go through trials, are we going to emerge from them like Joseph looking back and seeing the hand of God? Or are we going to emerge from them like the people of Israel that we're turning back to what we feel is safe and secure and, and turning away from God to trust in something else because we don't think that God can do it this time? Uh, may we be faithful to look at what God has done and to 
take comfort in that and joy in that as we grow our trust in Christ by looking to him and seeing all the great things that he has done. Finally, we look at Psalm 15 today, and it describes who can, who's qualified to go up to the holy temple of the Lord. Who, who is, who is able to do this? And so as we, as we think about that and we see that, we look to this example that's put out in this verse and it talks about character. Now, I think there's a couple mistakes we need to make. One, we need to make sure we don't think, hey, if I just go do all these things, I'll be a good person and I'll be good enough. No, there should be some conviction in these things that we realize, no, I am not qualified. I need a savior. But we need to be careful that we don't end there because with a savior who has now given us his spirit, we should say, this is the character that God wants from me. These are the character traits that I should pursue here in Psalm 15. I should seek to be a man who is blameless. I should seek to be a a person that speaks truth in my heart. So I would like to encourage you to even take Psalm 15 and pray through it today and pray that, God, I want to see these character qualities at work in my own life. God, I realize I am a sinner who needs a savior, but I praise you for the savior that I have in Jesus Christ. And because of the work that he has done, God, would you change my heart and would you grow my life to look like this picture of integrity and character that I see in Psalm 15. And may we all today, whatever trials come into our lives, look to Jesus. May we find grace to trust him more. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.